Oh my God, it's penguins in the water. Oh my God, it's penguins in the water. Shout out to my sister Autumn. Autumn told me that she and her twin brother Anthony, hey Anthony Boo Boo, used to think that the Lion King, that's what they were saying. Oh my God, it's penguins in the water. I don't know, but that's not the words. But that's what they thought that they were that saying. Is an Shout out fear. to uh, Timothy De La Ghetto for... <laughs> For saying oh, while it out. Ah, Zendaya. <laughs> She's Zendaya. a whole <laughs> You saw the memes that people were saying on The Lion King. If the first five seconds don't hit like that, they walking out. <laughs> That's what I'm Say, saying, and it did. The first five seconds don't hit like that, I'm leaving. The <laughs> These are important like moments. Well, welcome back. Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. I'm Kia. I'm Jade. We have a special, special, special guest on tonight. I am not that many specials, but I appreciate Drake, you're at least his favorite television show. Three specials. <laughs> you're three specials worth of specials. One and a half on today, but okay, I'll take it. Everyone, this is my dearest, dearest friend, Leonard, my academic husband, the Dwayne to my Whitley. And he my- is, and he looked like Dwayne Wade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I have a fresh cut, a fresh cut in my the nigga box got, My is, nigga got a flat top and a pick, it is, glasses, it is flat. and a goatee. There, there's a high quality taper. <laughs> this I is mean, a very higher education My glasses look, are indexed for the gods. I can see everything. You definitely look like... I can see the like, lies and the truth. You look like the woke nigga from higher learning for sure. I'm, for certain. Never sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. But we're back to talk about adulting. The good, the bad, the ugly, the tests, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being a real life adult in the year of our Lord, 2019. And the tokes. And it's, oh, here we go. Well, whatever you need, sis. I just feel a way about the taxes. Yeah, I actually we all feel had an extension and I filed my taxes. My first year ever having a liability to the federal government. Oh. I've never, ever had to pay. I need to figure out uh, what you were doing all those years because I've had to pay. mm -mm. Same. I feel like like Uncle Sam owned some of my unborn children. I have to say. Mine too. Honestly and sincerity, my feelings are hurt. And uh, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to keep perspective and thank the Lord because you pay taxes when you make money. Yeah. Or when you don't file the right amount of exemptions. That part. <laughs> so, or if you get a nigga like named think- Randy to do your taxes because he can give you mad breaks. Oh, oh man, you can't trust no Randys. Not even Randy Jackson. Not even Randy Jackson. Not even Randy Jackson. I want you to have a last name if you're doing my taxes. Like I don't. Know yeah, you got enough. <laughs> His name is Randall. <laughs> Randall. <laughs> See another syllable, but no I still need a last name. No last name included. See, I need a last name. Ain't I need no your business government cards. if you're going to do my government. Nope, he's Leonard. doing your taxes at the barbershop. Yes. <laughs> Why you, you get your edge up? <laughs> yes. Leonard, By the nigga in the, the people, first chair. I'm sorry. Tell the people about yourself. Please. Please introduce yourself to our audience. What are the things that I need to share? Because Whatever you feel comfortable sharing with our friends. Well, I met Takia Nicole Robinson. Oh, shit. whole name. In Denver, Colorado. That's very true. At an academic conference. She descended from the heavens. Land of the biracials. 
coming down an escalator <laughs> right into my life. And from then I knew that my life would be forever changed. Yeah. The, yes. yes. He was speaking to our friend, your friend, says Dr. Freezebury. He was speaking to yes, Dr. Freezebury. I was enamored by Dr. Freezebury. Me too, nigga. Shit. Her. She don't even know she's my friend. Listen, she don't know that she my friend either. <laughs> she don't always know my name, but she asks about me and I'll take it. I will take it. She does ask about you. She just often. smiles through all my filth at Kia's events. <laughs> and I like, I just love it. <laughs> and she always has a good bobble. I mean, she like, keeps a... neck pieces. She's dressed all the time. All the always time. Dressed. To the nine. I was coming down the escalator. Dr. Friedman is my dissertation advisor, my my um, my dissertation chair and my advisor. It's coming down the escalator. Dr. Friedman was like, Takia. Come and meet Leonard. <laughs> and I just, I, I sat there and I waited for Takia to come and we had, we exchanged some pleasantries. Later on that evening, we found ourselves at the same dinner table. We did not talk the whole night. Mm-hmm. But, no, we didn't really have, we was on separate, I was making eyes with your colleague. Oh. Which one? Oh. That don't matter. Anyway, so I'm 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 Leonard. Uh, I, I, I just realized this might be on public record. Yeah, we were at the same dinner table. I remember us going to the reception. We were at the dinner table for Dr. Cabrera. Okay, I do remember that. And we were sitting on the same. Oh, I know which colleague you talking about. Exactly, exactly. Your straight and unavailable. My sweet um, holy God. I find myself in community with the straights more frequently than I anticipated <laughs> in life. But here I am. Yes, yes. They also indeed. find themselves in community with me more. Frequently well, than they that's another that's show. Another show. <laughs> oh, that is a whole another show for a whole another time. Yeah, but Leonard and I study uh, around about the same Ooh, thing. Leonard. Yeah, so we both study higher ed. Absolutely. And. Uh, um, Takia works in the policy space mm-hmm. and I work in the faculty space. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, a professor of educational leadership. A professor. Um, I try to teach the kids the things that they, I shouldn't call them kids, but you know, I teach the people the things they need to know to be great practitioners and help y'all's kids get through college. Yes. We do research on similar things. We, we talk do. about STEM and how yes. to get these bright and, and talented yes. minds through science, technology, engineering, and mathematics curricula. That's That's um, we both like to do hood rat shit with our friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm those the are friends. the things I, re- I enjoy catfish. Yes. Oh. And he makes, he makes good catfish. Do you? I, this is, this is facts. Big facts. Leonard can really cook sis. Oh. Amateur though. Amateur hour. No, you know, not if you make a good catfish. During our writing retreat, he made a quiche. A, a, a quiche? He made a quiche. It had sausage in it. Yes, nigga. It was delicious. There were, there were a couple quiches, but yeah. Yes. You made quiche. like a chicken. Did you make a jerk chicken there quiche? Was, you did make a jerk chicken quiche, my nigga. leftover jerk chicken. Oh, it was so good. Before. That is innovative and culinary. I well, appreciate it. And it, 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 it stems from my roots in poverty. Yes. And so... <laughs> You know, we are good to recycle a dish. We can make something Let out of no nothing. wing go uneaten. Let mm. no bone go unclean. Well, there's never a leftover. And so we turned that jerk chicken situation yes. into a new situation. Yes. And it was and it was grand. The innovation of our people is unmatched. It is. We are innovative. We are witty. We are everything. And We're excited. We're going to have Leonard here. We're going to talk relationships again. Yes. Since Not that you- I know much or have much. Well, we're gonna talk. Way of we're, we're just. I have some insight. We're gonna talk situationships at the kitchen table on today, because Nigga. I think th- those are the things. I mean, as a millennial, deep in this millennialness, first wave millennial, I have to differentiate sometimes, yeah. not to exclude anyone. There's a difference. But, you know, There's a difference. I was born in the '80s. Yeah. Um, 
and situationships seem to be par for the course for our population yeah. these days. And I am just particularly interested in how people finesse a situationship into a relationship. My God, we're going to get there, though. Yes, so let's get are. to the let's get to the trash and then we can do the shout out. Yes. Oh, it's fun to have a guest during the trash. So let's get into some of it. We have one who is versed. I'm sure he'll know many much of what's With going on. Okay. <laughs> so getting into some <laughs> you can't now you can't be putting too much of my business I out said there. Versed. Uh, no, and I just want to make sure that people understood the D. <laughs> I was speaking specifically about the trash. Yeah, these are good. Ooh, I heard I heard verse is not a thing, but anyway, um, Oh, is it? Oh, not a thing. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh no! I heard ver, verse top. Ver, anyway, we. This let's is. Get, I do have a philosophy it, about yeah, that, but that's, that's probably that, a different yeah. segment or a different show. Oh yeah, it, that's it's a different show. But we'll we'll do that. We're gonna do verse that together. Do not okay. <laughs> All right. We're moving on into the trash. <laughs> the does not exist. Okay. Antoine Fuquay. I don't know don't if I'm know saying her. his name right. He is the director. Whoop. Of uh, of training day, okay. He is also married to Layla Rashawn. Okay, from yes. um, what's from the name? Waiting from to Excel. Waiting to Excel. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know the ninety '90s classic, and uh, he was caught cheating allegedly. We don't want to get sued with Nicole Antoine? Murphy. A nigga named Antoine. A nigga named Antoine caught cheating. Not exactly. <laughs> Today is Monday. Tomorrow is Tuesday. <laughs> And just like every year, July comes after June. You know yeah, what I'm saying? <laughs> which, Blame his mama. Which swiftly yeah. comes. Listen, him and Antoine. Which is preceded only, <laughs> which is uh, preceded only by, I mean, which is fo- immediately followed by the month of Orion. August. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so, uh, yes. so uh, Antoine was cheating. Antoine All was right. cheating. More yep. 10. Okay. And the, I guess nothing else needs to be said about That's that. His name go. is Antoine. All right. But yeah, he was cheating with Nicole Murphy, allegedly. Nicole Murphy? Nicole Murphy. Dang. Yes. Stella getting her groove back, eh? She, she is. She's getting other people's groove. With somebody, like. and she's getting someone else's groove. <laughs> she's still in groove. She's collecting Layla's. groove. Nicole Murphy looks amazing, though. You seen her? Recently? I have. She looks I mean, amazing. So has Antoine. Well, that part. Allegedly. <laughs> they was caught tonguing down. My lord, a good makeout mm. session. Mm-hmm. Vintage. Now I find it in my 30s, a good makeout session might be sufficient. Vintage, honey. That's I vintage. live. It's a throwback. I see why, like why Noah says you when me and Tristan kiss, honestly. I don't oh. know. Well, she that's does. fair, because I would us. I would vomit from listen. Because the babies don't have context, but that's so important. She's gonna she's gonna grow up and she's gonna be so excited. She might, but you know. Noah is disrespectful, honestly. She is. She okay. uses us. Noah is Jade. And she is. Uh, She's a miniature version of myself. Okay. And she also um, asked me if I had the Lion King back in the olden days. <laughs> so so she has an intergenerational disrespect. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. Exactly. And she so has it honest, to work I on imagine. That. Okay. It's honest. She earned it. I mean, she learned it from both of her parents, to be honest. Did. I mean, I thought my parents were old, and they were not. So... You know, that's that. But she, yeah, she asked us the if we had Lion King. Speaking of the Lion King. Speaking of it. 
It is the number one movie in the world. Is it? In the world. That's good because I've heard mixed reviews, honestly. I've not seen it so yet. So mixed. Curly and like Okay, skin. so here's <laughs> like, the thing. The reviews have been mixed. Biracial. It's the critics. And the critics, you have to be real careful about how you listen to them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they start getting real technical with things. So apparently their bad critique is that the animals are not emoting. So CGI should not have been used on real because they're not able to emote. You know, Royal just said that. He did. So the thing is, I get it. Um, Man, I mean, what y'all want? Y'all want to see the lions cry? Like, what y'all want to see? I'm just saying, you know, the thing is, when I say I get it, I feel like we all came up watching the classic that is the original Lion King. Did. So I, um, I think that it's hard to unsee that, mm-hmm. and we have when we have that as a baseline, mm-hmm. our expectation for this this re, um, what word am I looking for? Remake this remake mm-hmm. of the Lion King using this amazing technology. My expectation is that my wig is going to be blown back. Well, I w- I I enjoyed it. Personally, I thought they did the original movie justice. Really? They didn't change up lines like that. They added like a couple of little like witty lines in there, but nothing that took away. They didn't really take away from the movie. And I thought they really did it justice. I truly do. I've seen a number of people have some scathing critique on credible platforms like Instagram. <laughs> and yes i service announcement listen people have dedicated their entire ig story to a <laughs> to a lion king critique and i'm like you know you paid 20 whole dollars to get your to, to get your shit off go ahead but, i mean i guess if you you maybe they're upset because they used their last 20 dollars but nobody told you ooh, to do that well i think i think what it is <laughs> like is that Fair enough. Folks did have an expectation. Yes. Mm-hmm. However. Comma. Comma. Mm-hmm. But you have to embrace the now. Mm-hmm. Like Lion King meant something to you when you were seven and a half. <laughs> that was on a VHS when you watched Ooh. it in its first time in its entirety. Well, we had perhaps. to wait a year for it you to come to VHS. You had to wait VHS. a year for it to come on VHS and it was in back order. Your grand, your grandparents, Mima, Nim, or parents, whoever, big sister, cousin, were clamoring at the Blockbuster, R.I.P. R.I.P. Blockbuster. They were at the Blockbuster to get it on VHS to rent it, right? My, so my, there was, I, I, my dad bought it for us. There we well, go. Privilege. Well, the uh, privilege. No, I know he probably punched him. Anyway. <laughs> so there's a there's a certain type of nostalgia that I think people have allowed to grow over time for this movie. Fair. And sure. I don't know that people entered the theater with a level of grace <laughs> and, com- and compassion <laughs> for the ways that that movie in its 2019 iteration might deviate from their fond rememberings. <laughs> Y'all knew it wasn't going to be a cartoon. That's exactly it. Like, y'all knew it wasn't about to be a cartoon. Y'all knew Beyonce was in it. And that part. That part. Oh, my God. Well, the thing is, as much reverence and respect as I have for Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. It's a show of honesty. I must say. Because that is not her element. Even, even, okay, I will tell you, I've not seen the movie as of yet. But I have listened to the soundtrack or whatever this, this, what is it? Is it the official soundtrack? 
<laughs> no, it's Beyonce's album. It's and Beyonce's album. It should be official because I enjoy it very much. It is. Yeah. And it's Beyonce's Afrobeats album. Kendrick and Afrobeats in The Lion King. I that might have turned the Leonard, up. you're jumping ahead. Excuse me. No, the thing is, okay, <laughs> I will say that when when they you know the vignettes and the things that are in the on the album that precede mm-hmm. the songs, mm-hmm. I was yes. struggling, sis. I have to be honest I know, because I know. as Beyonce Simba, was portraying Nala, no, 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 is that Chew? My thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm a stickler for grammar and enunciation. Simba, is that Chew? <laughs> so this is it. We need a Chew. My thing is. I will say I struggled because as I as I listened for Nala, I just I heard, heard only Beyonce. Sasha Fierce. I yeah, I and, did. Yeah. And Actually, Foxy Cleopatra. Absolutely. She was a whole lot of woman. And I I just was waiting. And as Nala was speaking, I just felt at any moment she could say, say hey, Miss Carter. <laughs> Everybody say hey, Miss Carter. <laughs> and I would just go right in. To single ladies. You know no, what I'm did, saying? I did. I all did. The think. Single lions, all the single lions. <laughs> Had a pride rock jumping. Up. <laughs> up in the club. <laughs> up in the club. Up in the club. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Prayed in the club, club. Just crept up. <laughs> okay okay I'm sorry okay. well speaking of beyonce giselle knows carter mm-hmm. she also released an album yeah which like we just mentioned should probably be the official soundtrack it of should. the movie it should, it should. i'm probably gonna say that it is the official soundtrack of the movie in my mind i've seconded so it good. It's so mm-hmm. good. oh my god it's so good sis i have never had an, an album make me emotional i i just feel like there's just such a depth there and it's just what I love about Beyonce as a musician is that she continues to reinvent herself she's kind of tapped each genre in a way that is respectful um, Mm -hmm. and representative of of that genre but still Mm -hmm. true to her Mm -hmm. and her sound and who she is as an individual and an artist and I just think that she is life can I ask a critical question? Is that appropriate in this moment? I mean, sure. First, I will say before I ask this critical question, I am absolutely a fan of the album, and I think oh, okay. that all of the things, <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to preface it with that <laughs> yeah, before I get a bunch of bees under my Instagram you because you know the hive and things. Um, I will also say that I think everything that folks feel like was missing from the movie, they might have been able to find in the soundtrack that Beyonce have offered us. So, you know, if you felt like the movie was a C plus, bump that up to an A. Get your extra credit on the Beyonce's out al- on Beyonce's album. I just really appreciated how much she um bigged up the African community. Absolutely. Uh by featuring so many artists who might not have been heard otherwise. I think Afrobeat is a beautiful genre, but I'm so happy that she highlighted it. Um I seen okay, so there's a bitch on on uh Twitter. I seen who made a remix called Light Skin Girls. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. All, right. All lives matter? Mm-mm. Nigga. And I just What? This is actually a thing. This is going to be the only time that I acknowledge being light-skinned on this show because I don't believe in it. Okay. But, y'all, stop. 
<laughs> you know, the tragic mulatto, and she's not even tragic mulatto militia. Like, we just have to stop and we have to allow people to have their things who have not been able to have their things. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that it's, I just think that it's ridiculous. And I saw it coming. I knew it was going to come eventually from some. And that's what or, I'm, when I heard brown skin girls, I didn't think to myself anything outside of this is a beautiful song and, and it's necessary. And you didn't think that she was not talking about you. And I didn't think she was not talking to me M. because she talked about the, 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 the range of shades that we have as black women. But I didn't think she was not talking to me. And so I'm just trying to figure out why you had, why that e even needs to be a thing. And so if you even, if you have any thoughts, like, well, Beyonce didn't include me, then you need to go check yourself. Mm. Well, I think there was a, what's this Malcolm X who, who coined this quote? That if you throw a, a rock in a pack of dogs, you the know, hit dog is going to holler. My grandma says that as well. Um, mm. My thing was, I, I, I was reflecting on that. Um, especially mm -hmm. because in our work, we think a lot about like race and identity and, and, you know, whatever. Um, and I was like, you know, I think it was important that she used the term brown skin mm -hmm. because brown is, I mean, if you get, if you get that multiracial box of crayons, there are so yep. many different browns. And yep. so in my head, I felt like she was trying to be inclusive in a particular way around the browns that were included because you can be all types of brown and and that's great. We're all included. It's We're an all included, song. all shades, all hair types, mm -hmm. all four C's, four A's, three B's, two ones, whatever the fuck you, whatever the <laughs> fuck your hair I'm is. <laughs> I don't even know what I, I don't either. But I'm all headed. Everybody was included, all shapes, sizes, stallions, ponies. Everybody <laughs> on, stallion, was included. Shout out to Meg. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everybody um, was included. Oh and God. so we need to stop separating ourselves. We need to stop doing that. And, and, so, and also allow people to just have their things also. She so, could have she could have said dark skinned girls, and you know what? You bitches would have needed to just eat it. So honestly. With a fork. So my <laughs> so some I heard somebody say that they felt like Beyonce was pandering to the African community through this what I would might what I might call censoring of these kind of cultural experiences but some folks read it in a critical way I don't know what do, what do y'all think about I that? think that's baloney and bull swanky bullshit I think it's bullshit because I don't think I don't think she's pandering to the African Beyonce's community Beyonce's husband is a billionaire who might she need to pander to there's that I don't think she's pandering to anybody. I and think she what she's doing is honoring and she's mm -hmm. using her platform. And that's mm -hmm. what I don't get about people. And this is how, you know, people just be hating on her just to hate. You know what I'm saying? Even if you don't like her music, you can say you're not a fan of her music. It's OK. But what I won't say is that she's pandering. Beyonce honors all different cultures. She always shows reverence to different cultures. Even the video that she shot at the Havasu Falls, which shout out to the Havasu Falls in Arkansas. I mean, not in Arkansas, excuse me, in Arizona. I have been wanting to go. Me and my husband have been talking about going to the Havasu Falls for years now. When he, Since he first showed me this amazing video of this couple trekking through, they've got these beautiful waterfalls. But if you know anything about it, it's a sacred land. And Beyonce went and asked permission. And this was not a, this was not something that she put out to the press, but she went and asked permission to be able to film there out of respect mm -hmm. for the indigenous people to, to the to the Havasu Falls. And so therefore, 
pandering to a community is probably not the it's not the right thing. Like maybe honoring and respecting a community, maybe using her giant platform to to show a community that might not get as much like exactly the ways of I can't fucking talk, Mm -hmm. raise awareness to a community that might not get the shine otherwise. Mm -hmm. Like there was a white girl dancing to Afrobeat on the Internet like a couple months ago. I seen talking about I love Jamaican music like, Mm -hmm. bitch. You know what I'm saying? So Ooh, she's Chile. raising awareness and really bringing that. And I love that that it's re- that it's getting its shine. And I love that African Americans, I love that black people mm-hmm. who are not from Africa are embracing Afrobeat as as a genre of music and really really like getting into it. I see us partying to it. I see us having a blast and I love that that we're all coming together as Absolutely. a people. Even this big thing that they're doing with the year of the return. I think it's in what Ghana they're doing the year of the return. Right. I could, mm-hmm. I might not have that right, but they're doing the year of the return because it's the year that we were taken as a people. And so just being able to bring those worlds together, whereas maybe even growing up, we had a lot of, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of difference, a lot of misunderstandings that people were in and conversations people were not w- willing to have. And I love that these worlds are merging together because we are a large diaspora of people mm-hmm. and we need to be unified. I absolutely agree. And I think you you spoke to that in a, in a way that I really appreciate, because one of the things I think can be so fragile in black within the black community are the ways that we decide we want to be critical of the world and each other. And I think that we all mm-hmm. should be critical of each other in love. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the challenges is that sometimes we lead with criticality and not love. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think you can absolutely be critical of Beyonce and all of the things that she do, you should be, you should be critical of everybody. But Mm -hmm. my thing with, with Beyonce, as I've interpreted her work, I've always seen her center the people whose creativity she draws from the people who she's inspired by. They're a central and integral part of her work product. Like when I saw you know, the Coachella performance. And I saw the ways that HBCUs were lifted up in that platform. Now, I also didn't go to HBCU. So I don't I can't say that this is what people felt. But what I saw, I saw HBCU with Beyonce. I didn't see Beyonce and HBCUs. Do you know what it made me feel like? I didn't look at that before. I mean, obviously, I looked at it and said, damn, that's a bad bitch. And I can't do shit that she's doing up on that stage. But I also looked at it and I actually felt a little, I felt a little bit of a way that I didn't go to an HBCU. Mm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's the feeling that it invoked in me is that I, I was like, I, I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself for not finishing at an HBCU. I started, mm. but not finishing at an HBCU, not going to an HBCU. So <clears throat> that's the kind of feelings that I get. And I love that she's using her platform to promote that and to bring awareness to these things. If you if we remember a couple months ago where they were talking about HBCUs being in trouble financially. So it's very strategic what she's doing mm-hmm. if you pay attention to it. And like you said, if you can take the the critical you every like you said, everybody should think critically. But if you can take the negativity out of it and stop looking for something to be mad about. Well, yeah, I think I think the internet has really um uh maybe I'm trying to think. We've we've made being a fan, this extreme experience when it yeah. used to like you're either on either side of the you know either a a stand or you're a hater and like the mm. whole cancel culture. It's thing. polarizing. 
Absolutely. It, yeah. So I really, yes. I mean, I feel like there used to be a time where you could like both, like it didn't have to be an either or. It could be a both and. You can be a fan and be critical. Right. Like our yeah. love of Beyonce does not mean that we cannot, you know, highlight the things that she does may not do as well, or you know, any mistakes. I mean, and, and that, and I think that I feel like as an artist, if it were me, I don't want to speak for her, but I would appreciate that because that acknowledges my humanity. Well, and, yep. And I think the human piece is a part, and also. When I think about the people who have the capacity to be the most critical of me, it's the people who know me the most intimately. Mm. So the fans are the folks that I want to critique because I trust it. Right. Yep. The hive is right. who she who she wants to listen to. You know what I'm saying? And, and maybe not no the extreme ones. Feedback. There is no growth without feedback. So nope. I feel like mm. I feel like that may be a testament. That's a word to Beyonce's uh, sustainability and and the mm. sustainability of her success is mm-hmm. that she is so responsive to her audience um and she pays attention to what the hive says she pays attention to what the critic says but not in a way that you know um takes over you know her decision making um it may guide her strategizing but Mm -hmm. at the same time you know she knows how to eat the meat and spit out the bones exactly that 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 right there, <laughs> exactly. Because you're part, because you take the parts that are nutritious Absolutely. and you leave the parts that you are leave not. The parts that are not, and going that's to a do you any good. That is a that's skill. adulting. I will celebrate that is real adulting. life. But that's all. It's adulting. But let me tell you, and maybe this is just me, you know, standing for black women because that's what I tend to do. Um, but that is a particular. I learned that skill from black women. <laughs> black women taught me how to eat chicken. And. Yes. I just want to. I just want to put that out there because into the we world. Eat it better than. Did you see the video of Cardi and Offset where she was calling him out for the way he was eating them wings? I did not. I did not see that. That nigga should be ashamed for the way that he eats wings, was especially it, being from Atlanta. There was meat, gristle, yeah. and skin. All of those things like left you, on it, those bones. Meat, gristle, skin. It was everything on that what on that wing. That's waste. We could have repurposed all the wings and made new wings. Because I <laughs> because I think there are degrees, right? Like if some people leave meat, gristle, and skin, that is offensive. Some mm-hmm. people clear the meat and leave gristle and skin. I personally consume skin. I am not a gristle fan. So I would leave some gristle personally. However, I also donate that gristle to my nearby and close family members because they will clearly pick that up off your plate. Like, boy, give me that. You haven't finished your chicken. You haven't finished. You, have you finish it. Your because I'm not because I'm not crunching on those chicken Cheerios, but that is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is not for me. Not chicken Cheerios. I'm that done poultry with you. granola is not for me. I, I don't, don't want to crunch talk that about much, it. but that's not my life. But I don't shame so anybody can- for whom it is. No, I I do. Um, <laughs> ASAP Rocky. Oh, is still gone. Goodness. He's still being held in jail in Sweden. Who this is complex. The judge said he's a flight risk, so that's wow. why he won't let him out. And uh, Kardashian and West Incorporated are petitioning with the devil to get him out. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're working with the devil to try to get him out of there. So, um, my beef with that is, I feel like, um. And I'm not going to say that uh, Kanye and his wife can't do what they want. I guess they can. They have oppressed us with their wayward decision making for years mm. and years now. It is just very disappointing to see which causes they choose to throw their weight behind. Um, I agree. I feel like Kim has been out here on the clemency train, you know, um, trying to get justice for wrongfully incarcerated people or people who are serving 
um, sentences that are really extreme. Mm-hmm. I just wish that I just I don't know I don't and and sure we may we can say that we may not know what kinds of you know other ways that the Kardashian West family engages civically, howsoever, comma. Mm. Mm. Um, I just feel like the water in Flint is still dirty. Oh, thank you. Talk about it. Uh, Ooh. The kids still don't have clean water to make their oatmeal. Ooh. And we out here trying to And there to are get... no-name people that are incarcerated in ways that have been grossly... Um, that have just been... Folks have been grossly overlooked in our own system domestically that and, they, and right. you know, know nothing. Of, Not you know. to mention the ways in which uh, ASAP Rocky was out here talking big cash. People dug trash. up those tweets. This is why I left 2008 Twitter. Where I it was, mean, <laughs> people dug up those messages and those comments. All the ways he said that this wasn't his cause and he didn't really feel like it was any of his business to use his platform to raise awareness about the injustices of the world. And you see how fast them tables turn. Yep. And you and now he's, you know, now his team is saying that he said those things that was taken out of context. Girl. And he, you know, was was mourning a friend at the time. But I'm like, bruh, as a black man living in America, period. And you can't acknowledge the ways in which the system is fucked up. And now some somebody else's system got you fucked up. I, I can't I can't really feel bad for you. It's it's that's a that's a hard corner to turn. I I really I must say I've been trying to um I don't know if empathy is the right word, but I've been trying, trying to, to be compassionate. I've been trying to be graceful. Trying af, after I read those comments because I do as a as a black man I know the ways that I was convinced that I could be beyond the system by certain mm-hmm. ways of performance, mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing that black women have that's not honest. been afforded. You know what I mean? And so, and I think it was an imaginary privilege in a lot of ways, but it was one that I operated with nonetheless. And so I can understand how perhaps he might have envisioned himself beyond these things. Mm -hmm. But I also think I had the privilege of a critical education Mm -hmm. and of people, Black women especially, but, but my instructors broadly, being able to tell me like, um, nah, bruh, like that was cute. What somebody told you that you, you, you could wear your suit out of racism. Like, oh yeah, if you just put that suit on, then eventually respectability, like it don't matter if your work is sweatpants, if you got on a suit, it's okay. Like people told, people helped call me to the carpet in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I think I had recognized before being in a situation like his, that wasn't no respectability going to save me. Mm. And I'm I'm sad that this is the situation in which he had to learn that lesson. It's sad, but it's it's also sobering. Yeah, very much so. You know very what I'm saying? So. And life will come at you hard and fast. And dry. And it's a and, good lesson for us to be cautious and uh-huh. conscious mm-hmm. of the things that we say, the things that come out of our mouths. What's we only have two name? more things. What's his real name? Rakim. Rakim. I think his real name is Rakim. Is it? I well, that so. is with interesting. K, with a K, like like the rat, yeah. R A K I. We're about to look on the Googleisha and see. His name is Yep, Rakim Mayers. Very black. Very very. Very black. Very black. That's like B L A Q. 
Yeah. <laughs> U-E. U-E. <laughs> Boom like an 808. <laughs> <Okay>. Circles. <laughs> um, Lori Harvey and Puffy seem to be a thing. Lori Harvey? Yes. Steve Harvey's daughter? Yes, daughter. Where did I lose my phone? And Sean Combs? Sean Puffadelic Combs. Oh my word. What you do with it? <laughs> I I I just What? They seem to they have been He's got to be a good 40 years sneaking and creeping. It is it is very creepy actually to me. And I don't I'm uncomfortable. Didn't that girl just celebrate her like, legal birthday like very she recently? Just turned, like 23 21, 20, I don't know, child. 21? I, th- I thought 18 originally, and then I was told 21. She, how, look it up. But she's, she, she is legal. I know, so we're but not in an R. Kelly type situation. No, yeah. it's not. It's not a, an illegal situation, but it's, you know, morally. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I get that. And, you know. It's weird. I, I, would, I would support and empower her and her preference. If she she you know if she is initiating and exploring, excited about and initiating this this situation, I'm gonna support her in it. Okay, get your life. Yeah, get your life. Now, now if she is the get subject life, of a predatory sis. situation, then I would absolutely support her in not being in that situation. I just I don't. It, you know what? Another conversation for another day. Lastly, on the track, right. <laughs> Lil Boosie has beef with Starbucks. <laughs> Nah, Boosie, I gotta wait, stop going wait. to I gotta, I gotta stop going to Starbucks. <laughs> no, it was nothing racial. But Lil Boosie said that Starbucks is making bacon, egg, and cheeses and sausage, egg, and cheeses. <laughs> and he said they, been doing that. they need to get out the biscuit business, serve them coffee. <laughs> I'm sorry. He didn't like his sandwich. Said, Boosie mad said, about the biscuit. He was going to say, Wait. he said, they don't, y'all just need to make he coffee. He said, y'all need to get out the biscuit business. Y'all need to serve your coffee and chilates. <laughs> Chil- <laughs> chilate. That might, that's on the secret menu. Uh, I'm going to go and order a chilate. <laughs> go order a venti chilate. Venti chilate, a skinny venti chilate. That's so black. <laughs> no, what's the what's the one bigger than what, a tundra? A, a, what's no, a trenta. A, a trenta. <laughs> a tundra. Is that an ice drink? What is that? Those are in, uh, only in Alaska. A tundra. The Alaskan Starbucks. So Let me get tundra. a Tundra Chilate. <laughs> you are so ignorant. Alaskan ice, scraped fresh. <laughs> he said, if you don't got jelly for your biscuits, you need to be out the motherfucking game. <laughs> oh, he was <laughs> now, I almost somebody said something very, very upset. Somebody very took Boosie to the Starbucks and he didn't know. He was expecting to have a Bojangles uh, kind of, kind of experience. And he did not know. He was ready for a bacon, egg, and cheese from McDonald's from like '93. Well, you know, his uh, he also has a kind of circumscribed understanding of contemporary options. Yeah. He's he's reintegrating in a good way, and so you know, it's just a little dissonant. <laughs> Let's it's just a little dissonant. All right, it's all right. I was dying. He said, Be "If you critical. don't have jelly for your biscuits, but, y'all but need you to know, serve your it, coffees and chilates." And I can appreciate that because we might need some more culturally responsive Starbucks options. <laughs> you know, chilates. Well, well, chilates. Nah, I'm not speaking on the chilates because I don't know that that exists. However, <laughs> jelly in a biscuit is something that I know from childhood, and I don't think that oh, Starbucks and it is, belongs together. And I don't think that Starbucks has ever invited me 
We matter of fact, we ordered Starbucks today, yeah, and I absolutely ordered a sandwich. You did, and I don't know that jelly was an option to put that on that sandwich from that app. Mm-mm. And again, like 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 Boosie said, if it's not an option, y'all need to be at the game. Because yes, you, it, who doesn't put jelly unless you put a little ketchup on your bacon, egg, and cheese? But mm-hmm. that's you know, that's that's nothing. I was gonna say that's, that's like a bodega bacon egg and cheese. That's a bodega bacon egg and cheese. That's a that's a bacon egg and cheese on a roll, okay. not on a biscuit. Not on a biscuit. Because on a biscuit, a jelly, a fruit spread. Jelly. Yes, absolutely. Mixed fruit. A mixed fruit spread <laughs> or a berry spread. I only or use grape. the mixed fruit uh, if they don't have no or strawberry. Or a berry spread. That's mixed fruit, I'm, technically. Oh, I love a berry spray. There we go. Absolutely. Mm. A bluish purple yes. little indigo foil. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, but you know, the mixed fruit be kind of golden. It does. It is golden. It it's gives like fig jam. It, yes, it, it gives fig. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, well, what kind of fruit is mixed in this? Listen, the light-skinned fruits. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody will make a song about it. <laughs> you know they will. Light skin fruit. Did you see that? Did you see uh, the young lady? There's a white young lady who was like made like a parody video of Just Hilarious. And, I'm, and it was so not it hilarious. It was not funny at all. It was not hilarious. It was anti hilarious. It was awful. Oh, I didn't see. I haven't. I'm offended. I'm just hilarious related in what quite some time. What was offensive? What What was specifically? Because I heard about this earlier. What was it specifically offensive to you? I felt like um, it was. I thought. I don't know. I just. It was making fun in a way that. And I don't know, maybe it's because of like power dynamics and things like whiteness mm-hmm. and white supremacy. Yeah. I just took issue with the uh, with her making fun of the particular ways that Jess Hilarious uh, speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. The kind, you know, and, and I don't know. What, her Baltimore accent? Yes. Like, what is it? Like when she be like, oh, I. <laughs> she be like, oh, I. Like, I just, <laughs> like certain things. <laughs> Certain things we can say to one another. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a white woman who yes. made video? Oh, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, oh, no, man. That's just like you running up on, like, you can talk about your uncle all night, but if you catch another nigga talk about your uncle, you have got to have yeah, nah. a conversation. Because I don't even subscribe really to the just hilarious. Uh, right. Like, I, you I, know, most of the things that she says, I don't really, you know, I can't. But I did have I was I was not no, I feel ways about I that. was not amused at all Mm-mm. by this white woman. Um, but she reposted it though. Jess reposted it, and she a- and and she asked a non-critical question. She said, "What do y'all? How do y'all think she did to suggest that she was appreciative of kind of the fandom or you know the parody? I mean, I guess, or that- maybe no. Now I'm a I am a true." In true troll. Mm-hmm. And I think what Jess Hilarious was doing was putting that lady up on a public platform for y'all to flame. Ah, <laughs> so she was throwing yeah. y'all the lie. I'm not mad. Yeah. Yeah. Fair that, enough. Oh, that's just... this. Gr- I, I did have flames, but I kept them. I'm just with the mess and my news is real. Yesterday, Natalie Friedman attempted an impression of me. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. The way that was set up. Taking my son to school. I am a baby father. I hate it. I'm done. So I hate my, it. So I hate it. My, my hoodie is dirty. My I'm done. Oh, there, there were some. There were a couple things that bothered me. I won't name all of them, but I think it is the um, problematic uh, uh, implementation or use of African American vernacular. Mm. Like, sis, mm. I don't think mm. this is how you learned English. 
Because what people fail to understand is that black folks talk in a particular way most often because that's how we learned to talk. You know, so these more, sorry, these more, um, some people will call white because that's how people chastised me growing up. Like, oh, you talk white. I, I learned to talk. I learned to speak English in two different contexts right. growing up in the hood and not in the hood. And I had to be fluent in both for me to not get my ass whooped in either. It also does not make you unintelligent. Exactly. In either way, because they're equally there's complexity in each. There's intelligence in each. There's communication in each. And for me, uh, uh, something I tell my students all the time is whoever in the world would tell you that you're wrong for being able to speak more than one language. Mm. Mm. So the mm. fact that I can communicate mm. to different communities, even in the same language, is a value. I got two doctors on the show today. I mean, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> two doctors. Oh I just try to talk about what I talk about. Yeah, you talking it. You talking that shit, Leonard. I like it. Well, well listen, I, you know, I, I, I serve what I'm called. <laughs> <laughs> two doctors and two Christians. All right, we have a shout out to get to. Oh my lord! <laughs> when I'm called, I answer. My sister's popping right now. La, la, la. All right, we got a shout out to get into, and we're actually going to do a listener shout out this week, right. a submission. So it says, "Hello, Jade and Kia. I wanted to shout my organization out in hopes of more moms joining. My name is Briera, and I'm the founder of Melanin Mommies." I started this organization to help create a sisterhood amongst black and brown mommies so that we can give each other the support we at times don't receive. I have many projects going on that cultivate self-love, self-care, and personal development amongst the mothers going on currently. The IG is underscore melanin.mommies and the site is melaninmommies.org. Thank you so much. And that's from Briera. So we're going to be sure to include that information in the description box. I think it's a, it's a beautiful initiative. Mothers need support. A lot of black mothers need support. And I know sometimes we don't know exactly where to find that. So we'll be uh, be sure to post the information in the description box. And that's random tangent. That's actually super dope because I was trying to pull it up right here. Um, a friend of mine that lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, started a similar group recently called Mocha Mama, uh, Mocha Mama Milwaukee. Yes. And it was for that exact same purpose. She found uh, Veronica Ruffin. Um, and the, the Instagram is Mocha Mama MKE. And it was for the, the same purpose. She found herself in community with black moms in the Milwaukee area or in community with moms in the Milwaukee area and noticed that there was this underrepresentation or underparticipation of women of color. And she wanted to create that unique space. So that's so dope that there are so many of these similar things popping up across I the I love country. that. And we'll post that information in the description box as well. That's dope. All right, so let's get on to our kitchen table. Holy, do it. We all have things in life that really make us who we are, but sometimes those things take away from self-care. You all know I love to chef it up. I love cooking, but that doesn't always make for the prettiest hands or time for me to be able to take care of myself. You can't give up the things that make you you, but you can fit some you time with Birchbox. Birchbox is a monthly reminder that your beauty and grooming routine should be about you. They deliver samples and surprises directly to your door, making it easy, convenient, and fun to discover new products and buy full-size versions of the samples you love. Birchbox delivers beauty and grooming for everyone, even the uninitiated and busiest among us. 
It's an accessible way to discover and enjoy new products. Birchbox works with over 500 prestige brands that offer something for every hair type, skin concern, and lifestyle. Fill out your personal profile and they'll send you products curated for you. So I got my last Birchbox and I was very excited. I got some Balance Me Congested Skin Serum, which also serves as a, a spot treatment. Grande Mascara, which makes my eyelashes pop like nobody's business. Um, the Yenza Essential Glow Tone-Up Primer for when I feel like getting pretty and I need a primer. I got the Caviar Bond Repair Leave-In Hair. I mean, heat protection spray. Like, I was very excited. Head to birchbox.com slash grown to learn more about Birchbox and use promo code grown to get $5 off your first monthly box of you time. That's promo code grown at birchbox.com slash grown for $5 off your first Birchbox. Birchbox.com slash grown. Support for today's show comes from Scentbird. With Scentbird, I found a way to mix up my fragrance routine without breaking the bank. Whether it's Tom Ford, Gucci, Dolce & Gabbana, or Versace, Scentbird.com keeps me smelling amazing month after month. So what happens is Scentbird sent me these cute little, um, I don't know what these vials, they look like little, they look like lipstick tubes, but a little bit larger. And they contain all of the amazing smell goods. Um, I can pop them in my purse. I can switch them out. I love them. I have all of my faves, Tom Ford, Bond Number 9, It's Miyake, it's all dope and amazing. And you just literally can pop them in your purse and keep you smelling great, which is ideal since the sun is sitting in everybody's passenger seat. Scentbird is a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes. Simply choose the cologne or perfume you want to try from more than 400, from more than 450 designer brands, and they'll send you a 30-day supply. That's 120 sprays enough to apply more than four times daily for one month. And with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 U.S. currency for your first fragrance. Just go to scentbird.com slash grown and use our code grown for 50% off your first month. Again, that's scentbird, S-C-N-T-bird.com slash grown. Offer code grown to get your first perfume or cologne for just $7.50. Sign on and smell amazing. All right, y'all. It's time to gather around the kitchen table with our respective snacks and or beverages. Well. Mm. To uh, continue our conversation about relationships. Mm. And a specific iteration of relationships uh, that has become more and more prevalent in just this day and age. Mm -hmm. Many of us might at one point or another have found ourselves in what is called a situationship. We had a whole episode on them. We did. Now, just for reviewing, should someone be listening to this show and have not had the opportunity to listen to our other show about situationships. I'm going to ask Leonard and I'm going to ask you too, sis. What define for me exactly what a situationship is? Are there parameters or specific qualities that would indicate to one that they may be in a situationship? First and foremost, situationships aren't quality. <laughs> JK, JK, that's just me being bitter. Um, but I do believe that situationships are characterized by the fact that they are undefined. Because if it mm. was defined, you would know what it was. So you wouldn't have mm. to call it a situationship. Mm. So mm. I think they are they are defined word. by the lack of 
formality or the lack of definition. Um, they are also a frequent occurrence. Situationships are the new black. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, and, and folks, folks I know love black. Well, have you? <laughs> <laughs> have you, Dr. T- or sis, have you ever found yourself within a situationship? And if so, is it of your own volition? Or did you just kind of look up one day and said, hey, hey, what are we doing? How do we get here? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think they all started like situationships. And then me and Tristan kind of developed pretty quickly. So the last nigga I talked to before Tristan was definitely a situationship. Like I looked up and six months had gone by and we were still spending the night at each other's houses. Mm. And cooking dinner. Yes. And like hanging out with friends and things like that. But had no definition of anything. And I remember, I don't know if I told this story or not. This child is so loud. Um, I don't I don't know if I told this story or not, but <laughs> it was my birthday. And he came to my little house party. And then I went to his house to stay the night and met all his friends and did all of that. And that by this time, I think it had been maybe like six to nine months or something like that. And this nigga, my hair, I straightened my hair for my birthday that year. And this nigga tells me, can you, uh, he's like, uh, you know, you, we might be able to take things to the next level if you keep things like this. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. And it was in that moment. Please clarify. Basically saying like, he had never seen me dressed like this. He had never oh. seen me with my hair straightened. And so <clears throat> should I continue to keep that up? You know, then we can talk about things. And it was in that moment that I knew I would only be using him for dick until oh. it was over. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as finessing into a relationship, I don't know if I would say a finesse, but Tristan and I kind of started a, as a situation ship. It was just, and I think, I don't know if you necessarily want to call it a situation ship or 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 the or our favorite uh, term as a people talking. Oh, absolutely, because <laughs> we're always in conversation. Well, that and that gives me a question. Thing. Actually, do you guys believe there's a there's a difference? What do you think think the difference between is a situation ship and talking? I think the difference is when the when silence comes in, what that means. Mm. What you mm. mean? Please explain. Because when you're talking and the conversation stops, then you move on. There are no questions because you're usually talking to multiple people. But when you get radio silence in a situationship, there's alarm. Yeah. Mm. There's pause. There's questioning. There's critical mm. reflection. There's anger. There's emotion. Mm. Because there's expectation. Talking doesn't come with expectations. So if a nigga, if you was talking to a nigga and a nigga was like just up and stopped texting you one day, My which God. which you happens, feel no kind of way. Trigger, like, month. trigger warning. Mm. <laughs> How do you feel when that happens? Then? That is the first. Well, me personally, I I I. That's a major major trigger for me. Not even being funny, but that is something that I. I don't I don't really Same. do well with that kind of uh 
especially like a hard stop, no warning. I feel powerless. And I don't like to be ignored Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. at all. Like, I feel like, so even when I was a little girl, um, if I got in trouble and I got a beating or a spanking, I should say, Rondo did not abuse me. <laughs> if I got a spanking. I know, it's so hard to change up I know, terms. right? If I got a spanking and I, I could handle that, I mean, it would hurt in the moment, but. I can handle that and move forward. It wasn't until my mother stopped speaking to me that I was like, just like, you can't, don't leave me. Like, I can't, like, yeah. I can't handle that. So that's like, that right there is something that takes me a while to recover from. And it has happened, but it's not, it's not, it's something. And, and that fear of that kind of rejection will keep me from trying. Because I'm that like it 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 imp- impacts me to that degree. Mm. That's interesting. I you know I oh now here, now, now we go into the throes of our of of our the bowels of our childhoods. My Lord, um, praise him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I felt um, there were some moments where I think you know I was very comfortable being alone as a kid in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways because I spent a lot of time alone as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I had older parents that they weren't as uh, lively and energetic as I might have imagined parents to be as an eight-year-old. Were you an only child? I wasn't, but I have, my sister is, I have two sisters, but they're both significantly Mm -hmm. older. Um, Mm -hmm. So it is like growing up. So I grew up like an only child. Yeah, like I had my Mm -hmm. own room at five because my sister had moved Mm -hmm. out and was doing her thing, you know. Um, So I think the silence thing for me is less of an issue. I think more of it is the it's kind of like the why. Like, well, why do you not want to have a conversation with me? Like, if you just go silent and I don't have a good reason why, then I'm kind of okay with that. Mm. But if I feel like I feel like if I did something wrong, then now I want to fix it. Because I'm one of those. Like, oh, I'm a fixer. Like, oh, you're not talking to me. What's your birthday? Well, maybe I well, maybe I could do something differently <laughs> where maybe. When's your birthday? Jade asked you. It is May the first. Okay. What does that mean? Right. I just wanted to know your sign. Oh, I'm a Taurus. Yeah. In I know. in the worst ways. I mean <laughs> but, all, I but also the best. I don't know much about these things. But also the best. But I know that that the Taurus people are like stubborn. To a, to I mean, some people would say to a fault. <laughs> I I would say the for Taurus survival. People. I I hold it's for survival. No, I have bags for my grudges. Like I hold them. I mean, handle. I, I preserve they them. They have like straps, straps, combination <laughs> locks. <laughs> I keep grudges in a safe. Like I'm so holding that for life. I write grudges in my will. I mean. I'm not playing this. My grandchildren will hold this grudge. <laughs> the four I wish knocks you would. of grudges. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Unless a nigga apologize, and then I'd be like, okay. So, have you ever had a nigga? Okay. This is to either one of you. Okay. Excuse me. Let me not turn off some listeners. Have you ever had someone <laughs> who, you know, they be, they be, sometimes we be, I be get reading the stink pieces about the usage of nigga. It's a but, um, Shout out to our brother Dustin. Um, mm-hmm. Have either of you ever had 
a ghosting situation that resurfaced. Oh, absolutely. Listen, they those specters, Casper and his friendly ass. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Now, I will also say, and me and Takiya talk about this often, and I embrace this, <laughs> that um, oftentimes, where, since we're not saying um, nigga per se, we might just talk about folks as, in this say particular nigga. case, the antagonist. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, sometimes I am, and I have historically been the antagonist. I have been the Casper. I have been the ghoster um oh really oh absolutely this is how i've learned so much about how people treat me these days we're Um, gonna get back to that but what i will say it's offered a lot of context and logic and one of the things that i realized maybe it's because i am such a graceful person i just try to (laughs) understand what your circumstances might be that you might decide to separate yourself from our communication I just try to be empathetic. Like, you know what? Maybe you just don't have the capacity right now. Really? And I'm going to just That's leave so you big be. of you. You know, I try to be big. It's just for show. <laughs> oh, God. I get drunk and get mad. So let's talk about that. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's let talk us. about the real feelings let us. of being ghosted in a situation. My feelings of being ghosted. I, you know, to be honest, and this is, I don't mean to be arrogant at all, but I don't, I don't think I've been in a situation where I've been truly ghosted, but really? I will say that because I think ghosting is a more contemporary phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like ghosting wasn't really a thing when I was in the thick of dating. Um, the term or the or the action? The action. Like, I don't think people dropped off in the ways that they did now. Like, I think social media makes it really easy to and, and dating apps and all that make it really easy to, like, connect and so I, 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 my philosophy is like quick in, quick out, fall in, fall out. And so I mm. think people go really fast into situations and they develop this rapport and have this regular routine for a week or two or three or a month or whatever. And then it ends abruptly and they call it ghosting. But I think that they, mm-hmm. it ended probably as quickly as it started. Mm. Hmm. And so I wonder what about you, people's expectations are. Well, I think the culture, yeah, I I would agree that like technology and apps and even just the the ways in which we communicate, because you can you can easily, I mean, I'm gonna say it like this, you can easily have someone operating under the impression, like you can you can feign a relationship. Mm-hmm. You can make someone, you know what I'm saying? Texting, calling, FaceTiming. And the ways in which we can we can be attached to our phones, and it's easy for you to get hemmed up in a week or two of constant communication with the person. Mm-hmm. And like you said, mm-hmm. quick in, quick out. So that if you set the tone for the relationship or the interaction or connection in that way, even it, it could be well-meaning and well-intentioned, but it mm-hmm. could one person could look up and say, This is a lot. Yeah. Or this is too much and not really know how to get out. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so that's a good transition because Leonard just spoke to being the ghoster. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, so I think I might have just invited and myself. And you know too. what? As I was sitting here doing some thinking, I have been a ghoster before. Okay, I have only ghost. Mm, let me pray about that while y'all, while y'all think about this. While y'all but here. what my transition was sometimes in situationships people don't ghost quickly. Mm. Sometimes they let things go longer 
and then they still it's not even a phase out they just will disappear absolutely as somebody who has been a ghoster before leonard what was your reasoning behind doing something like that? i find myself um based on my uh cocktail of choice this evening and the fact that I just really enjoy y'all and this show and all of the things that you do. I just find myself in a mo in a in a moment of transparency right now. Mm-hmm. I think that um I have very much been a Lawrence if we want to throw back to Hold the microphone please. <laughs> I want to hear it. If, if <laughs> and, and the reason why she says this is because she might have also suggested this in some private conversations My Lord offline Jesus today. Mm. It's I, a full circle moment for me. I mean, you know, cir- mm. circles are completion. I'm walking in my truth yes, right now in this moment. Um, in that, I have not wanted to be the source of somebody's agony or discontent. And I mm-hmm. convinced myself that whatever strategy that I used to end the situation, although indirect, was going to be less hurtful or harmful than just saying, hey, I don't want to be with you or I don't want to continue these interactions. And that was and that was not true. It did not work the ways that I thought it would be. And in retrospect, it was manipulative. And I acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. But that Mm -hmm. was my that was absolutely my motivation in those situations. It was never like, oh, let me just figure out how I can finesse my way out. It was like, oh, I really genuinely thought that what I was doing would be less harmful. Yeah. No, that actually makes a lot of sense. Chapoodles, I'd ghosted him. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, and, I ghosted Chapoodles. very well should have. Absolutely. So right. he was deserving of the Chipoodles. ghost. You said what? So he, it was, he, he was deserving. He called Chipotle Chipoodles. Oh, so, okay. Well. <laughs> he did. I'm going to keep He my called comment. it Chipoodle and he also showed up to my job with a Tupperware full of lunch. And while some would say that's a very sweet gesture. Was the food good? Well, I didn't eat it because uh, I don't fancy things from other people's kitchens. <laughs> oh, fair. So he did, did he make it or did yes. he? He made it. Had he ever he cooked for lunch. you before? No. So because that's not. The only no. time that I had been to his home was when he. Um, when I kept asking him where, where, where he lived, like, I'm like, where are you from? And he's like the city. And I'm like, OK. Like what and what? And he's like, oh, I'm from, you know, the city. Like I'm from like the city in the city, like, you know, in the twenties. And I said, nigga, are you from Chelsea projects? And he's like, yes. <laughs> so then I went to his home with him cause he needed to run an errand. And, um, he apparently fixed electronics, uh, is what he did for a living. Okay. So IT. he was fixing <laughs> somebody's PlayStation. He was tech support. Yeah, the niggas are innovative in the hood. And so he was fixing somebody's PlayStation, so he had to go grab the PlayStation, meet them, and give them the PlayStation while we were out. So I said, okay. So we go, and I'll wait in the hallway. He's like, just wait here for a second. And I said, I can't come inside. He lives with his mother. And lo and behold, I hear a voice from the back. Anthony! <laughs> Chipotle. Who's there? And it was in that moment that I knew I was never gonna call that nigga again. Really, yeah. He had to. She had to check with moms to make sure it was cool. He kept texting me, and I just wouldn't respond. And it was selfish because he was actually a very sweet guy, but it was very selfish of me because I just didn't want to say to him, "Yo, I don't want to deal with you." 
and I think that's that, but that's honest and that's transparent. And I can appreciate that because I feel like the biggest challenge is that as a people societally, we don't normalize or accept conflict as a legitimate part of communication and conversation, especially in intimate and emotional relationships. Especially because the thing about it is I can be confrontational in any other. And I mean, clearly that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was in a different stage in my life. I've never really had a problem speaking up. But when it comes to emotional things, I found that I would just rather disengage as opposed to listen. It, as it's opposed to easier. having the conversation. I, and that's not right. And safer emotionally. Like yeah. I was telling. And I, even, it might be safer in other ways too, but continue. Well, I was telling mm-hmm. Takia earlier today um, when we were having a conversation with a colleague. I just, I am 33 whole years old. And <clears throat> I had just figured out how in my, in my 30th years, how to disagree with my mom. Mm-hmm. with a level of confidence mm-hmm. because I would disengage like oh my mama said something and she wrong as fuck mm-hmm. but I'm gonna just you know be quiet sit here right and I'm gonna just be right here and I'm gonna cuss in my head but never out loud until I get you know like three mile radius and then mm-hmm. um but I was in I had a conversation with my mother when I was at home recently and she said something and I was like well you know I don't see it that way I disagree mm-hmm. And I just sat there mm-hmm. and we had the stare off like, oh boy, from uh, <laughs> with, Puffy. <laughs> with Puffy. Like, and I was, I had, I had the ramen. And he like, was again, the white coat. Exactly. With the white coat and the highlights. Like, <laughs> well, well, but it was one of those, that, con- that was, it was a conflict in that moment, but that was the first time both of us had been in that space, but we worked through it in such a good way that we was able to have a whole conversation after that point where we in, we agreed, we disagreed, but we always engaged. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a hard thing for folks to do. I mean, health, learning is. how to disagree healthily, I guess, mm-hmm. is is, yeah. a, is a skill that, that I guess, a muscle that I know that I've not exercised. It's probably atrophied. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, you I mean... You know, you disagree well. You I do, feel like I disagree can, well with certain people. Well, can I offer some context? And maybe this is just my limited view. Okay. I think that you have mastered this in a professional setting. I've watched you very masterfully engage people in their dissonance and in their disagreement, make sense of it, repeat things back to them, help them understand your point, create space and all of this for their confusion. Right. And you do it with a level of confidence in that space. Right. But I think I think a lot of us do that. I think a lot of us are able to do that in a, in a professional setting or maybe a, just a specific type of setting. But when it comes to our personal lives, yeah. it's a completely different story. I was going to say the level of I feel like I can operate with a certain level of security and assurance and confidence in professional settings that I don't feel like I have when it comes to relationships. Fair. Mm. Like I, I, I very much approach relationships. Um, situationship, any mm, kind of anything, situationship with a uh, a healthy, um, like a disease and 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 worry. And what stress. are you worried about? About the things that I talked about before about like my triggers, mm. um, and about just kind of, I don't know. I felt like I have, I have. Like many women my age and around my age, 
I think um, we have learned how to function and navigate, function within, navigate around, and even successful, like learn how to thrive in like academic and professional spaces. We have, have learned how to command those spaces. But when we come to relationships, that's one place where we are not in the position of control, usually. I won't say usually, mm-hmm. but like in dating situations in the way that we are conventionally socialized around mm-hmm. what those dating relationships looks like, we are um, like now you'll hear more and more women kind of operating in their own agency and making their own choices. But we were socialized. Um, and like I talked about before, like we were socialized to believe that dating was about being somebody's choice. Mm-hmm. And it was about mm-hmm. what can I do to get these niggas to choose me and keep choosing me. That's so interesting. Um, and, and I could be wrong. And I mean, and I don't want to speak generally, but, but right I will say that, you know, that that's been um a lot of my experience. And I, I I don't feel like I have been assertive or socialized to to operate or and, and exist within like these relationships from a position of like power. Mm. Um and that's something that I'm really trying to find my way through now, but it doesn't feel, it feels like I'm, I'm wearing clothes that don't belong to me. Mm. That's interesting. So I wonder, cause some, a couple thoughts came to mind when I was listening to that. I wonder in these different situations, what you imagine the loss to be for exerting your control or authority. Because one of the things as a as a millennial from my particular wave of millennials, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe in my employability. And so I choose employability. I choose speaking my mind over not because I think my employability is strong. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I say that in this context, I'm not suggesting that I disregard my employment or my employers. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's one of those things where. We feel like somebody else will choose us in an employment situation, even if we speak our mind. And I wonder Mm. if we have been socialized to believe, and I imagine maybe more, especially black women, I think black queer men have a a slightly different situation that I can also talk about, but where you feel like you have to, maybe have to choose silence. You know, I I, I guess I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Like, I don't know. I think it's it's going to be different for everybody. And since you can chime in too, but I think that Mm -hmm. even when we, we think about, if I think about what it meant to be dated as a teenager, the kind of messages that I received, the stories that were told to me, the things that were in TVs and movies about what it meant to be dating, mm-hmm. I don't I don't ever, in my experience, it was not a lot of women uh, holding the decision-making power. And if you did, that mm. made you unchoosable. Or if, if you, you did, that made you a certain, option. that made you a certain kind of woman. Mm. Or a certain mm-hmm. kind, or or that you were, yeah. And I mean, again, I don't want to generalize, but I'm just saying, for me, this is a space where I'm trying to build that muscle because I don't feel like I've ever used it before. Um, and that might be a result of my own trauma. But, uh, yeah, I don't feel like it is, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that the, it... It's not something that 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 comes naturally to me. So that's when I say, and I have friends who tell me all the time, like, you know, you don't position yourself to meet people or this guy is literally mm-hmm. throwing it at you. And why don't you like and and have, have pushed me and encouraged me to kind of get out there and make the first step and shoot my shot. And I hear them and I know 
and I've seen other people do it and it work out successfully for them. And it's not something that I'm opposed to, but it literally feels like I'm wearing my mama's shoes, like, or mm. I'm wearing somebody else. Like, it doesn't feel like, you know, I don't like, like in the Bible, when David went to fight Goliath and, and, the, and the king gave him like the, the equipment, like the, um, I don't know, like the soldier's equipment. Mm -hmm. And David at the mm -hmm. time was like 12 years old, putting on this grown man armor. And he was like, I can't fight nobody in this shit. Like he literally was like, take this mess off of me. Like he keeps like, this is, this is mm -hmm. too heavy for me. Like I literally feel like I'm operating within, mm. um, you know, a uniform that is not mine. It doesn't come naturally to me. Um, so then I have to navigate and negotiate whether that is me being fearful um, and scared and, and and just like a punk about this, or is it something that's just like, or, or owning like maybe this is just not the way that it works for me. That's I wonder for for you all, and I'm I just am also always trying to understand black women better because black women are so important to me in my life, and like I try to anyway tangent. Are are you? Do you feel like these are the tools and strategies that were maybe passed down to you? that don't mm. fit for you in the yeah. same ways that they fit for the women who pass them down? I think, well, I feel like it's what I saw. I don't mm. feel like, and I mean, I hate this because I feel like I always tell my mother's business on the show. So that's why y'all can't tell her that there is a show. But I feel like um, who I am as it relates to men and relationships is very much who I saw my mother be. Mm. Good, bad, indifferent. I identify. All of that. And it's not anything, and, and so it's not that I'm judging her or whatever, but there are things about that that mm -hmm. I, I have a healthy fear of and I'm trying to change. So I, I, to like, you know, to answer your question, I know, I know what, what was modeled for me. And I feel like I'm at the point now where I have a, a level of awareness and objectivity where I can kind of say, okay, I see that this is what it is. And I see that this is kind of like my tendency. Um, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's something I would like to change, but I don't have the, the skills and tools to do so. Or even if it is just about jumping out and doing it, there's a lot of anxiety there because it's like somebody telling you to jump off the high dive. Um, even if you can swim, you ain't never did that before. <laughs> so it's like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to just, you know, head first into the, you know, water on my nose. You start thinking about all of the possibilities that might happen when you take a risk that you've never taken before. So, um, are you willing to take that risk? I feel like I do in my own little way. Mm. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. Do we have to? What risks have you taken recently? I take a lot of risks. And I think that that's yeah. all so you I have, have to say about that. So, you have an abundance of examples to share. I don't you take feel a like lot I don't, of risks. Oh, my word. Your words. That's what we're um, looking for. Oh shit. What man. kind of example are you looking for specifically? So 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 following your diving board example. Um so this large, this high, this top, you know, diving option is really scary. What smaller steps have you taken leading up to that larger diving option to maybe prepare you for the realities that come mm. at that top dive? What are the smaller dives? Like, it may not be as full throttle as, like, I remember in the ninth grade, it was a nigga named Rodney. Oh, mm. Rodneys are cute. 
I know, and he was. I've not and seen, I had, I'm and I had a little crush. In my mental and I was Rolodex, like, I don't feel like I've come across the ugly Rodney. Before. I don't think no. I have either. So I'm a cosign <laughs> across exactly. the board. You see how names mean things? They, they're so, so important. It's an aesthetic. <laughs> it was a nigga named Rodney, and I remember that I kept looking at my friends were like, go talk to him, and I, I couldn't. And then finally one day, I walked up to Rodney. And Rod, it was only because Rodney been looking at me. I've been looking at Rodney. Mm. So I walked up to Rodney while he was at his locker. And I was like, all right, nigga. So, <laughs> like, you like me or not? Nah? And it was, I think it was the feeling of all he can do is say nah. Yeah. And I'll be all right. I think using that example and then pairing that with Leonard's questions are there any steps in between you just being completely scared shitless and or and walking up to Rodney and just being like, nigga, we like, what's up? It's not like, lost. Have there on been me. any steps in between those? It's not lost on me that your example is from the ninth grade and I'm almost 40. <laughs> <laughs> but but at the same time, you know, black just like black don't crack, crack uh, black stories are timeless. So who's your Rodney? <laughs> Who's your contemporary Rodney? I don't know. Or are there a couple of niggas in between? <laughs> or, you know. Who've been your Rodneys over the years? Rodneys over the years. Who was Rodneys in your 20s? Rodney in your 20s? I don't know. I have Rodney in my 20s. Uh, that's that's I don't do that. I think that mm. if, if I, if I. You are with these <laughs> possibilities and conjectures. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Y'all want to... I don't know. I can't give you a name. Well, we don't want a name, but just give us a scenario situation. I want a name. (laughs) (laughs) You know who this is. You know who this is. So less about who they were and what they Um, meant and more about what dives you took to move yourself forward and, you know, uh, in your ability to kind of explore. Okay. 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 Fine. I think I have a story. I remember okay. being at um, the open mic. Remember I used to go to that open mic night uh-huh. all the time. And there was a particular someone there who um, we used to do, you know, we used to kind of flirt or whatever mm-hmm. in my clumsy, awkward way of, of flirting. Nope, stop the um, same. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Nothing awkward about Dr. Tiki and Nicole Robinson. So wait, so wait. Okay. Um, I I distinctly remember us having a conversation. Um, and I, I remember asking, like, so when are we gonna stop playing? Like, <laughs> when are we gonna stop doing like this thing where we just kind of like are in this whatever the fuck this is? <laughs> and he was just like, I've been waiting on you to ask me that question. My thing is why you had to wait on me, but I mean that's my example. Can I offer some? This isn't critical feedback, but just particularly some reflective thoughts as somebody who has been uh, privileged to be in community with you around okay. your relationship <laughs> life over the last few years. You know, Leonard's like intelligent, a way to way to bullshit is beautiful. Abs- I mean, you know, this is what I've <laughs> hanged my hat on. Bullshitting oh is an art and a superpower. It's like, you know, I love black women and I embrace them in every way, shape, form, and fashion. Yeah. So <laughs> let me ask this ratchet ass question in a slightly intelligent way. So my, so, what something that I've noticed, Takia, okay, is that you find yourself perhaps in situations where men who might, I might venture to say, 
that they are used to initiating, uh, establishing, <laughs> controlling situations yield that initiation, establishment, and control to you, or they might not operate in the same level of control thinking that you might fill the gap. Why is that? I wonder if it's because, and I don't mean this, I don't think that that's a negative thing, right? So I'm, I'm offering this from a perspective that's not negative. But I think you have a presence that mm. commands in yeah. a way you 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 take up space in a in a good way in an important way and mm-hmm. it causes people to be thoughtful and reflective about how they engage you cuz yep. i think as somebody who has operated in a very um inappropriate way sometimes with my uh personal interests you know i don't have to always think a lot about how i talk to folks mm-hmm. because man mm. but the mm. people who i have to think before i talk to them are usually the people that i am the most enamored with Hmm. And you make people think That's before they point. talk to you. And furthermore, I'm sure a nigga looks at you and be like, she's a doctor and she, you know, this clavicle is busting through this shirt. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Because or she like, gives you bone structure. You know what I'm saying? Do you see this like, do you see this turtle this milk tank right chocolate now? clavicle. You see these shoulders in this turtle Absol- tank? It's right here in my face. This, you see the skin, the glisten. Defined, my nigga. Listen, Defined. Webster. I would like the record to reflect that this kitchen table... Talk has taken a direction that was just not in the plan. I there never, were some leftovers that I we never, needed to ever deal saw with. This we're coming. eating all the food. I don't know where where this this strain of conversation is coming from. Well, I just I'll take full responsibility that. for that. That's you know from these lovely shoulders and these in these sex on the beach nails that you keep clicking. <laughs> because they are gi- they're giving from. you grenadine at the bottom. <laughs> okay. They absolutely you, are. I, I took a whole video of Kia talking because I was like, I'm doing a podcast with just living baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna can I can I ask the question I thought we were gonna ask on the show today? No? And what was that question again? I wanted to know, we wanted to know how do we know when a situation ship is not a situation ship anymore? How I do think we... when the other person is invested as much in you as you are in them? So is and it when a what, person what needs to happen in order for us to reach that juncture? Is it a conversation? Is it that, oh, we just assume that because we use certain language and say certain things that this is a relationship now? I feel like I have heard niggas say specifically. <laughs> I Oh, sorry. I have heard <laughs> niggas say specifically. If, if, if a man does not say, I want to be in a relationship with you or I would like for us to be in a relationship, it is best not to assume that you're in a relationship. Well, I agree with that, but I don't even, I'm not, I'm going to take that a step further and take man out of it and say person. Agreed. And I think that as adults and as human beings in general, we need to have conversations Mm -hmm. that we may not, you know, always feel comfortable having. And we've had a, we've had a, a, episode on difficult conversations and difficult conversations are not always you know, talking to a loved one and letting them know how you feel about something. Sometimes it's putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. But you're going to be sitting there wondering if you don't ask the questions. That's true. true. And 
you know, it's nice when you all are sitting up there. But again, I had a whole nigga that like he would buy groceries. I would cook dinner. I would spend the night at this house by anybody's terms. That would be a relationship. No meeting somebody's friends, going out with them, so forth. Somebody will call that a relationship, but it never was. And it was made clear to me at a point that it was not a relationship. And thank God I wasn't looking for it to be one. But then I turn around and I look at my, I look at my relationship with Tristan. And even in that phase where we were not official, there was a common interest there. There was just as much interest on his part as there was on mine. There was constant communication, constant Mm. conversation. And then finally, in a very nigga ass way, he said to me one day, you know, you my girlfriend, right? (laughs) Mm. But he was like, I just need to make sure that this is clear. And he said it to me. I want to make sure this is clear. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want you. Well, I mean, you don't have to. Which that's problematic in itself. But (laughs) I mean, but I think what you're what you're getting at, though, I think is. This is what I really enjoy about situationships. Because people shade them all day. Um, and and what I will say is that there's a certain level of um, kind of like organic interaction that's allowed mm-hmm. to emerge when you're not talking about relationship or pursuing this socially constructed structure or label for what your relationship should be. Right. We got a routine that just kind of emerged out of nowhere. We like sitting and talking to each other. I buy the groceries, you cook the food, you know, whatever, right? Like something emerges that's natural and that is enjoyable and mutually beneficial. And to me, that's what a healthy relationship should be. So it's almost like you develop the relationship or you develop the relations before you call it a relationship. And I think that can be dope. Agreed. I think that it can be. But the problem with that is that people start to develop feelings and then there is a a lack of clarity there as to what you all are. And when people are just existing and being and enjoying one another, that's one conversation. But when you are existing and being and enjoying one another, but you still have a longing and a wondering as to what your particular situation is, when that starts to arise in your mind and in your emotions, that's when you need to have the conversation. You're never going to have clarity if you don't ask. And and I think to me that comes about two, two things that come to mind. One, the desire for more. So mm-hmm. I think people have a desire for more, whether that's more clarity, that's more something official, something more transparent, something more public, whatever. But also a desire for exclusivity. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know that you're not doing this with other people. For whatever reason, and that you can well, unpack. They got to get that out. Of you can heads, unpack just because that they say they're in a relationship. Don't mean baby. Baby. Listen, that's a whole nother conversation. That's another. That's another kitchen table talk. A whole nother kitchen table talk to talk about the propriety in relationships and how people don't mm. own people and people shouldn't strive to. But that's a, lots of conversation. Well, you got to come back, Ladon. Listen, well, you know, again, I serve when I am called. My God, but I think situationships transitioning into relationships. I've had a number of situations transition into relationships, and I think there are, there are pros and cons. I think the cons happen when it's out of convenience. Like, we start calling it something official because of convenience. Like, oh, okay, we've been doing this for a certain amount of time. Let's just make this official. And I think that can be problematic because it don't matter how long we hang out. It don't mean that we're a permanent situation or that our feelings are congruent with that permanent striving. Mm-hmm. I 
had a relationship turn into a situation. And in the relationship, I found out that I was very interested in getting married one day and having a family. And and again, I'm one of the gays. And so, you know, we were talking about this same sex marriage thing and he was not. And I learned that later. And I was like, well, you know, had I thought about that or considered that detail when we were in this situation, I don't know that that situation would have had to evolve into a relationship because we just didn't have similar goals for what our trajectories right. were. This is what I want. Exactly. But in a in some situations that have turned into a relationship that have been good, it's been one of those things like it was almost just this seamless transition. Like we going to mm-hmm. keep doing, you know, we going to keep doing the same thing that we've been doing. We're just going to name it. Because that's something that we have been avoiding because of maybe our own socialization or insecurity. Mm-hmm. We haven't been putting a lang- we haven't been putting language to it because we've been taught that language signifies something more important than what we're already doing. We already laying up with right. each other, talking to each other every day, eating each other food, giving each mm-hmm. other medicine, you know, looking over each other emails. We already doing all of these things. But that's why I think it's important, again, (laughs) for that conversation and that clarity, Mm because I don't it doesn't necessarily you may you may have the conversation and that person may be polygamous Mm -hmm. or that person, like you said, may not want to put a title on something. But I think the clarity of one's intentions and one's feelings is very important. And that is what transitions you out of a situationship into a relationship. Like the goals. Like, what are the goals for this? Because some people only goal is to be in a situation. And that's something I've had to come to terms with recently, even in these early 30s, where I thought I was dating for, you know, marriage. I realized that some people are just dating for situations, even in their 30s. And I'm like, you know, okay. And some people don't want to be married. Some just want to be partners. That's it. Or, you You know know what I'm saying? And I don't I mean, you know, I don't want a roommate for life. That's not my personal striving. Mm -hmm. No shade. Um, but you have to realize like, what are you, to your point, what are people's different priorities and do they priorities align with yours? And if they do great, if they don't also cool, are you willing to engage people with different priorities? That's but it. you got to talk about the priorities to know. And, to- and I think that's a beautiful closer. Agreed. I think that's a beautiful closer. As we continue to say, conversation is important. You know what I'm saying? Like talking and communication. That's that's going that's going to be your number one uh, biggest solve for most things, honestly, is being able to open up your mouth and have somebody mm. else open up them, be willing to open up their mouth. But yeah, leave it right there. Let us know your thoughts, your comments, your 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 stories, your all of those things. We continue to to read those at getting grown podcast at gmail.com. And let's skip on over to this honesty back. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Getting into debt is easy. Getting out of debt is hard. What a word. Thankfully, there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debt. So we all know that credit cards is the trick of the enemy. And oftentimes they pursue us young people with our pristine credit in efforts to make us ruin our lives for the future. Upstart.com is a way to right your wrongs. If you have made some credit card mis- uh, missteps and you have some misgivings, this is a way for you to uh, make it right. Upstart believes um, you're more than just your credit score. They reward you based on your education and your job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. And they make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes without affecting your credit score. Once the loan's approved, most people get their funds the very next business day. 
Over 200,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards, student loans, fund their wedding, or make a large purchase. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash grown to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes and won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash grown. Honestly? Truly. All right. It's time to get into this honesty box. Let's do it. It says, good morning, Chef Jade and Dr. Kia. First and foremost, thank you for creating a space for black folks to come together and talk about navigating the ghetto we call adulthood. Mm-hmm. And it is. That Your part. podcast has helped tremendously with recentering myself and overcoming depressive episodes. Mm. So thank you. Aww. My bird moment. All right. <laughs> I met a guy at the gym while playing basketball. We started talking and it eventually led to us exchanging numbers. He is a 30-year-old Sagittarius, and I am a 25-year-old Leo. Okay. He seems to be an amazing guy. He started a nonprofit to provide services for children of color. He's extremely intelligent, loves kids, and is just a kind-hearted person. Mm. His hard work has led him to owning a home in the where the white people live. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus. And having the freedom to enjoy life traveling when his program isn't running in the winter months. The holdup? His style. He doesn't detangle his hair properly, so he has a matted ponytail, or he styles his hair in ways that doesn't suit his face. He dresses like a skater in middle school. Despite this, I do find him to be attractive physically and mentally. I know this is superficial and I may need to be read. I'm healing and relearning from past relationships, as well as having my parents' unhealthy partnership as an example. But please help. I don't want to be a bird, and I feel like this guy may actually be good for my mental health. Thank you for reading all the love, and we're gonna call her. <laughs> I just had a Jim Jones moment. Oh my god, <laughs> sis! What advice do you have for? Okay, so wait. The problem is that he's great, but he doesn't. But he don't have no style. <sighs> I get it, but so this is the thing. I feel like twenty five is still. I was very much um, committed to the aesthetics. I, mm. So I, I understand mm-hmm. these concerns. Howsoever, I will say if I knew at 25 what I know right now. Woo, baby. That there are things that you know, like these things, there are things, you know, you can't really change anybody in relationship, but there are, there are ways that you can be helpful and supportive. And I feel like this is something that may be able, that you can definitely overcome and you may even be able to address. Um, It's just a matter of how you do it. Mm. Yeah. I think you can, you can, you can help, you can offer, you can suggest. I feel like it's at least worth the try. For you to find a way to articulate or communicate to your partner that you would, you know, what if you made some suggestions around certain choices that he makes uh, when it comes to his look? Um, and if if he's open to it, if there's some flexibility there, then you know that this might be something that you can work through. If he is like, hell no, then that's something that you might need to um, take a step back and consider whether or not you can handle it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. If I I feel like wisdom and and me mm. me knowing what I know now feels like I should be telling you, like, girl, these are these are the way that he dresses is not the end of the world. And if if he fundamentally is the person that you um, enjoy hanging out with and you are attracted to. Um, then I feel like you will, you will may, it may take some time, but you will grow to be able to overlook some of the aesthetic things. No? Yeah. I mean, if I may. Please. You know, matted hair. Okay. I can understand. We we can, let's, 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 well, let's work on this. And so to offer some, some, you know, suggestions, gently on some things he can do for his hair you know that might be a thing but if I may girl I wish that I didn't pay half the niggas attention that I paid attention to at 24 and 25 because like, my, my bank account would be different if I had and, I not paid and that attention I'm just telling you it's, while I was out here worried about shape ups and Jordan and those manner of things I was being treated horribly it be the nigga in the bowling shoes and the and the two big clothes that'll really treat you right. Because they can't run out of your life like the niggas with the Jordans. They can though. Here's the thing: like you know, they all have the ability to, to turn into your quintessential fuck nigga. However, most of the, if you find a, a dude who is like everything that you want, and he doesn't dress to your liking. I understand the importance of needing to be attracted to the person that you're with, but you've already stated you're attracted to him. I do believe that the matted hair is a health risk with uh, along with Kia. Like I fully, fully believe that we got to do something with that. You can't be sleeping on my pillowcases with that head. But as far as his clothes are concerned, you know, and you're still young. So, you know, it may just be what it is right now. Like, damn, I really hate like going out with this nigga because he dresses like a member from Blink-182. But, <laughs> you know, if it sounds like you really like this dude and it sounds like he really likes you too. And if I would have paid some of the niggas attention who really liked me, I'm not saying I'm I'm in a good situation now, but there have been times when I wasn't and that's because I was looking at the wrong thing. Mm. So I would I would reevaluate and take a look at yourself. You know what I'm saying? You already admitted that it's superficial. So at this point, you kind of have to steer your thinking a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That's not a, a deal breaker. That's not a make or break. And it is it, it be them funny looking ones and them weird looking clothes <laughs> <laughs> that really, really treat you right. You know what I'm saying? So. If, if, if you have somebody who's treating you right, they're, res- they're respectful. You know, you guys enjoy your conversation. You enjoy your time with him and you don't like his clothes a little bit. That's really not that big of a deal. You, and that's that's not going to be what you end up valuing in another 10 to 15 years. If I might even add a piece of unsolicited um, advice. It's solicited because it's the honesty box. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if she was expecting my response. You know, she was looking <laughs> for Jade and Kia and Leonard just jumped his ass in, you know. Um, having, I, um, be careful how I say this. Um, as a as a black man who's going on a hair journey himself, 
moving away from 360 waves because that was my situation uh, in the yeah. day to like they spinning negative because they, they were they were in a full spin. I will admit. Oh. Um, but you know, and 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 moving into understanding and taking care of my hair, letting it grow out, and doing all these other things. Right, it was a learning process. Mm-hmm. But I have dated men who have not explored or understood their hair in the same way. Right. And I bring this up not to say that you have to be patient, but to say that it became a point of community that me and guys that I were partner with, you know, it was a it was a it was a point of community interaction. Like we would mm-hmm. take time to like, oh, let me put some conditioner in your hair. Let me do this. Let me do that. You know, and it was it almost mm-hmm. it almost it, it became a part of our partnership. Finesse. The ways that I took care in that way and that we were in community around that very intimate part of, you know, his life and both of our lives. Right. So my piece of advice in this situation, kind of echoing what y'all are saying, is that it's not that big a deal. And it could be a really unique opportunity to figure out how you can contribute versus critique. So instead of saying what I don't like about your hair or your clothes, saying, oh, I would really like to see you in this. Would you try this? Or I wonder if your hair will respond well to this. Can we try this? Like, I think that could be a unique opportunity to cultivate some relationship and some interaction as well. Yeah, that can be. That's a that's a level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Absolutely. being able to condition somebody, greasing somebody's scalp. That's our your ancestors Baby. will appear. Greasing you know somebody's scalp and scratching somebody's dandruff. Ooh, like with a good five. rat with a good <laughs> rat tail. That's five. Play. Like. That's a level of intimacy on a, on on a, a just different just different vibrations. Yes. So you can use that that opportunity to do that. But as far as his clothes and shit are concerned, I would pay that just a little less attention. Absolutely, because if it, you know if I sit between your legs and you part my hair, we damn near mm. married. Mm. That's like mm. jumping the broom, Junior. Mm. Like we. Huh, huh. Set up a routine. Tell him to come over you and give him some. I'm, I'm figure. Let's figure out what products work like for you. Wash you know what I'm days. Saying? A nigga would be happy y'all for it. And shower. You know, yeah. y'all could be in the shower, and you can have a whole situation where you know you can wash and condition all in that space. That's intimate. Let me t- <laughs> ain't nothing like it. You need, then you get real high and turn off the lights and pretend you're under a waterfall. Oh. Like. <laughs> Yes, like you can turn this into a thing. But anyway, sis, we hope that was helpful. <laughs> we really do. Um, and keep us updated. Let us know how it works out with with uh and Mm-mm. and what did you say he was? A Sagittarius? Yes. A sag- the, the Sagittarius, the Sag. The Sag. Let's move on to these petty peeves, though. Let's do it. Oh, continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey. All right, it's everybody's favorite time uh, of life and of the show. Uh, we're going to be petty for a little while because that's what we do. Mine will be brief, but sincere. Um, American Airlines canceled my flight to Raleigh, North Carolina yesterday for no apparent reason at all. Like they didn't give me any sort of reason. They just kept delaying it. 
It was delayed about three, four times, and then it was canceled. And they were like, we can rebook you on a flight for tomorrow at 10 a.m. Now, my flight was for Sunday at 535. At 7.15 p.m., they said, we're going to put you on a 10 a.m. flight. And I said, well, that's not going to work for me because I have to be in my meeting in North Carolina tomorrow by 9.30. So that's not going to work for me. And they really were just like, well, there's nothing else we can do. I was like, oh, that's where you're wrong. You can give me every single one of my dollars back. And I ended up having to drive. I drove to Raleigh, North Carolina in the midst of the night. And I was there to make sure you made it the whole way. And we are celebrating oh my the fact gosh. that you have traveling graces and traveling mercies. We are celebrating that. But American Airlines are really letting a nigga down. And I usually, you know, I bank with them because, you know, Delta is based in Atlanta. American, you know what I'm saying? So there's just much, there's a lot more availability of American Airlines flights from the airport that I particularly like to fly out of. So I write, I fly American all the time. But here lately, they have just been letting me down. I'm disappointed. Mm. I feel like Delta is African-American airline. Mm. I enjoy her. Agreed. I do enjoy Delta outside of looking at those pasty feet the other day. Um, basically control their TV with their toes. You know what? That's my petty beef this week. Okay. Why are y'all so damn nasty? Like, what in your right mind? And I really want to know from the people who put their feet up on other people's armrests, the seats behind them. We saw the white lady put her feet up uh, on that little boy's on that little boy's seat on his flight. Those people were staring the fucking uh, TVs with their toes. Like, why do you all do disgusting things? And then when I get on the plane with my wet ones and my Clorox wipes and my Lysol spray, because all of those things come in travel size. And when I get on there and I wipe my entire area down, the window, the headrest, the spray the seats down, the tray, everything around me, y'all look at me like I'm crazy. But you are controlling something that people, like people touch these screens with their hands and then they eat their food. Which is filthy. Like if you if you know anything about how other people live, then you would probably do something about that. You get up, wash your hands, put some hand sanitizer on, use a wet one, something. <clears throat> but people literally control these TVs with their with their fingers. Absolutely. And you think it's okay for you to put your fucking feet that you all and then you go running barefoot. You go running through New York City barefoot. I have seen people running barefoot and you use those same feet to control the TVs on the airplanes <laughs> everything <laughs> they do is a recipe for a staph infection and I just I really it really pisses me off that people are not considerate of other people that little bitch who was licking the ice cream and then started all that foolishness. Now people are running around licking ice cream, taking bites out of ice cream. Y'all just do filthy ass things and don't consider other human beings. And it pisses me off on other levels. What's your petty peeve, Leonard? First, if I bought some ice cream and there was a bite missing, I'm going to be hella petty because I want my bite. 
Like I bought that ice cream and I want every single bite that comes in it, every ounce, every fluid ounce that y'all measure before That's y'all it. put it. I want it all. <laughs> yes, every fluid one. But <laughs> in keeping with the uh, airlines theme, I was also flying American Airlines, which is not my favorite airline, but I appreciated them for getting me to my destination safely. But there okay. was a gentleman standing behind me whose identity will go unnamed. But we had different perspectives and conceptions on what personal space meant. Mm. To the point where in the TSA security line, I felt like I needed almost to consult him on a Mm. text message I was sending because we were both close enough to my phone screen. Mm. At the end of the day, do you have any, what should I text this? What should I text? Because you're (laughs) over my shoulder right now. Like you're in my, like literally in my bag, like in my Herschel book bag. Like we are, we are here in community together because you are so close and anxious just, Come on, Herschel. That's a good book bag. Well, you know, I I try, I try. Good and inexpensive. You know, I'm not, mm. I'm not one of those. Yes. I like a good we affordable ball on, a budget. ball on a budget. But yeah, this this gentleman was just so close to me this whole time. Like when I took a step forward, he took one and a half, and I was really trying to figure out where he was going that I wasn't. Uh, Did you finally say anything? You know, I didn't say much because I was really trying to be patient mm. and understanding. in the fact that people just have different conceptions of personal space but it was one of those situations where if we were driving and i slammed on my brakes you would owe me some money you was tailgating almost almost so that was my petty peeve it wasn't real petty but i just wish wish people would give me at least bag 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 give me 50 give me 50 quote (laughs) (laughs) a bible verse wait i have another petty peeve i'm sorry and then we'll finish also in the in in the vein of personal space why do you all continue to slide through spaces you know you can't fit through why are you trying to walk between me and my nigga why are you trying to slide between me like you trying to slide in this one little and the thing about it is they don't say excuse me they just like scoot they scoot and they don't say excuse me so it was a lady at uh, Costco and this had happened several times like on and throughout my visit so I was getting real irritated with it, but I've been trying to be really good about, you know, picking my battles and not saying anything. So I didn't say nothing to nobody. And then I went to go. If you know anything about Costco, if you're upstairs, you got to put the cart on the little, you know, joint joint and then you get on the escalator. Well, this bitch decides that she's just going to squeeze between me and my cart so she can hurry up and get on the escalator. And I lost my black ass mind. All of the patience that I had harbored for everybody in that Costco, I unleashed it on this bitch. And I was like, why the fuck do you think that you can slide through that little ass space? You are not a mouse. Your bones don't flatten. And she's like, I said, I'm sorry. I said, you wouldn't have to say I'm sorry if you do it. Didn't do it in the first fucking place. And you know what the Costco attendant said? She was like, that's right. <laughs> That's right. That Costco attendant. She knew what time it was. I was like, I'm so sick of you all sliding through little ass spaces. And then you don't say nothing to nobody. I was like, don't be sorry. Be motherfucking careful and stop doing the shit. And she's looking at me like I have 75 heads. But just, you provoke this. Your personal space. Colonizing everything. Anyway. That's another episode of Getting Grown. Thank you so much. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Taylor, Dr. Leonard Donovan Taylor. Oh! 
Dr. Junior. Little D. Taylor. <laughs> for joining us. I appreciate y'all having me. Always. We appreciate You're always your welcome here at the kitchen table. You are. Um, yeah, but let's wrap this up, yo. Uh, yeah, shout y'all. out to North Carolina's internet. Yeah, I mean, we're doing the best we can. <laughs> shout out to all of y'all for listening um, and participating in the lukewarm summer. And yes. uh, I hope that you all are taking care of yourselves, getting your rest when needed. Um, um, and tell them what else they need to do, sis. Moisturize your skin. Drink your water and mind your business. Why, sis? Because your black will crack if it's dry. Bye. Down to the Bella No Chase. Buenos dias. Bonsoir. Buenos dias.